Okay, hello everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Forbidden Love Rugby Podcast. I'm Reese, and we're going to be joined by quite a few people today. Uh, in the first instance, that's going to be Mikey. Uh, shortly Hi. after that, it's going to be Ed. And we're also going to bring one familiar face back to the pod and also a debutante, aren't we, Mikey? We are indeed. Lovely stuff. Uh, before we kick off, though, let's get the admin out of the way. Thank you ever so much for listening. Uh, we really do appreciate it. If you enjoy what you hear, please share it with your friends, subscribe, give us a rating. I think all this stuff helps. If you want to get in touch, I'm at RJJ Blue and Black, and the pod is at FL Rugby Pod. If you'd prefer to email us, we do check our inbox, which is uh, quite rare, and we are forbiddenloverugby at gmail.com. Mikey Harris. I think this is the one everyone's waiting for. <laughs> everyone's waiting for it. Hit us. Uh, my, my, my Twitter handle is uh, Mikey S. Harris, all lowercase. Don't know if it matters. Excellent. Ed will be joining us, I'm sure. Uh, mm-hmm. But just in case he doesn't and he doesn't feel confident to say this himself, then he is at Eddie Rugby, E double D double Y. So, Mikey, how are you doing anyway? Yeah, not too bad, like, not too bad. B- busy as usual? This weekend, no, it's been uh, been pretty quiet, but uh, never, never. Well, believe it or not, yeah, quite one for a change. But uh, um, yeah, nothing much going. I managed to catch uh, a bit of rugby on the weekend, the uh, Scarlets game on a Friday, and the Wales Women's game on a Saturday. Excellent stuff. Yeah, more on that later, I'm sure. Right, it's going to be a long one. We've got a particularly mm-hmm. lengthy Judgment Day segment coming up later. So, shall we rattle through what is quite a lot of news to rattle through? Quite a lot, quite a lot indeed. Yeah, let's get a let's get our teeth sunk well and truly into it. The juices think... get the juices flowing. Indeed, I mean, there's there's a lot of stories we've trailed for a little while now, mm. um, coming to fruition, which I, I don't feel responsible, but I also sort of feel like, <laughs> oh, remember, remember we were talking about that. It's happened. Well, I, I, I think we can we can sort of add a little add the cherry on top, as it were, maybe to the uh, to the sort of the speculation around the sign-ins, the comings and goings, and mm. all that business. That's what it's all about. So yeah, first mm. off, then, Johan Lloyd to Scarlet. That's, uh, that's going to be a good one. Yeah, I think so. I think, um, like, they could do with a bit of depth in that sort of 10, 12 channel, which is where I think uh, Johan Lloyd being predominantly, predominantly playing. But um, he's not sort of unfamiliar to the to the outside backs and, and, and three-quarter as well. Like, so... Uh, because his, his, his Wales cap was on the wing, wasn't it? Which, fullback. Uh, was it now? Yeah, fullback. Oh, tiny, tiny, tiny fullback. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I kind of like it. Like, I see him as a... He's the sort of player, I think, who they'll just love down there. He's exciting. He's a yeah. bit of a maverick. Flary he, kind he, of. He, like, he, yeah. he likes to step. He likes to try speculative things. I, I think and, he'll fit right then. And, and if he is sort of... Depends on where he's aim, aiming at. If he's aiming at the sort of wing three-quarter... Then you know they got some dynamic three quarters there themselves. You know, mm. uh, Johnny Nickel, Ryan Conbier, yeah, quite quite dynamic in their approach, and they're the quite uh, quite pacey. Like, but uh, yeah, good for them. Do you think uh, this adds fuel to the fire that Reese Patchell might be going? Yeah, I think so, and I think he's heading east. You do, do you? Uh, allegedly, I think he's heading east. I think I'm okay to say that now. Okay, okay. Well, let's, I don't let's know see how far. That... I don't know how far east mind he's headed. Yeah, well, let's, I think let's, he's heading east. Let's let's see if another one uh, another one comes true in the coming weeks. Mm. I I like this one. Dane Black of the Dragons is actually official. I think it's a good fit. Yeah, I like the look of that too. I think um I think there's a bit there mind with um Angus O'Brien and uh, Steph Hughes, who've played for the Scarlets and uh, Di Flanagan, formerly 
coaching the Scarlet as well. I'm not saying it, but I think it did have certainly have a bit of attraction there for uh, for Dean Black and the sign with them because it was a bit a bit of familiarity and maybe he tends to play the die way, call it maybe. Yeah, it feels like there is a sort of gravitational pull towards Die Flanagan for a lot of these players, doesn't it? Yeah, um, he's, I think he's got a good good rapport with the players, and um, obviously yeah. comes with with a lot of value and a lot of respect for the players as a coach and uh, and as a player as well. Do you think maybe um, Rodri Williams got wind of this news this week because like he played out with his skin on the weekend and it was quite a poor Dragons performance? Yeah, maybe he needs yeah. to sort of keep himself in the shop window for for Die and maybe Warren going forward. Well, this is, I mean, like Wales Online do like to be um, uh, sensational about these things, but all of a sudden mm. he's in contention for a Wales piece, according well, to them. Yeah. I, I, I don't buy it myself. But... I suppose then you look at the options there at the minute. I mean, like, you know, Blacker is heir apparent. Yeah. yeah. Um, Reese, so. Webb, Reese Webb is, is there at the moment. Um, you know, Gareth Davis and Kieran Hardy probably battling each other for that second spot. Um, and Lloyd Williams will always Lloyd Williams will always be there. Lloyd, Lloyd will be surely. loitering in the shadows, <laughs> ready, willing, and able. You have you have forgotten Thomas there in that log. Police so Cardiff supporters. Yeah, uh, who could forget Thomas Williams? Who who who, could, who, who, who do that? Yeah, who do exactly. that? Um, I guess another piece of decent news and Jack Morgan stays at Ospreys. Um, yeah, I think um, he's, that's huge. He's massive. He's a uh, been a massive asset to the to the Ospreys since um, joining from the Scarlets, and I think they held they hold him in high hold him in high uh, value there as well. Mm. Yeah. I did like the um, the announcement that what the the Ospreys did today, mind. <laughs> yeah, because everybody thought it was going to be Stuart Hogg. Yeah, I did wonder why the sort of like the the warthog head appeared neck in the in the uh, sort of signing news from the Ospreys. It was like I didn't get it, but yeah, that must be his name, the warthog, nicknamed mm. the warthog down in Australia. Maybe we don't know. Well, this is it, and like I wouldn't bet my mortgage on how you spell Stuart as in Stuart Hog, but if it is W A R T, then his name does actually contain the word warthog. Warthog, yes. Mm. And, you the the, yeah. and you can join the dots as much as you like. <laughs> I, I'm still shipping it. I reckon like Stuart Hogg's going to Ospreys with cryptic. They, they've given us your bait and switch there, and it's a. Uh, oh. Yeah. yeah, imagine the scenes. <laughs> imagine at the scenes. <laughs> exactly. Um, right. Sam. Speaking of fly halves and the merry-go-round, Sam Davis yeah. apparently is now still probably leaving Dragons, but maybe off to France or England rather than Cardiff. First of all, a bit of a female. I think this adds yet more fuel to the fire that Patch is coming to Cardiff as a 10. We don't know yet. But this is about to be the first of what I'm assuming are going to be many instances of the word Grenoble today. Yes. Uh, yeah, Sam Davis yeah. is apparently going to Grenoble in the Pro D2. And he'll be fronting up against Ross Moriarty probably if when if and when they meet Breve. Imagine. <laughs> uh, and, and I suppose it adds a bit of fuel to the fire where Angus O'Brien was playing 10 for the Dragons on the weekend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've already got Will Reid and uh, JJ mm-hmm. Hanrahan. Uh, and so they, no, fit- no mugs there. Yeah, they, I think they've stacked enough. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know if I see Sam Davis in the Pro D2. Like, I don't know if he's nasty or hard enough for it. Oh, no. But um, ooh, I, think there's a le- I think there's a level there for him, I think. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I, he's I, um, top 14 material, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, that would be a struggle, I think. Mm. Um, he'd be available all year, but 
uh, yeah, there's a lot yeah. to overcome. And like, if you're in a struggling top 14 team as well, um, the fans are going to get on your back quite quickly as well. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. and, and, and they will be absolutely brutal in their approach. Yeah, I know. But yeah, maybe uh, maybe he and uh, Moriarty would have been on the same plane if they'd have left at the same time. Um, Do you think they would be drinking buddies on the plane? I know it's only a short flight. <laughs> I, I, Ross Moriarty strikes me as the sort of person who might order like two cans of Heineken when the host comes around. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> they're, not, they're not both for me, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, moving on then. Um, uh, we are, are, we, we are, are we missing out Teddy Williams? Oh, are we? We are, yeah. Teddy sounds like he's saying a Cardiff, which I, I, I feel like I didn't call that. I feel like I was resigned to losing him to Exeter. Well, maybe you could allude to a little bit of information maybe we have from a, from a friend of the pod. Uh, Rumour has it. Teddy uh, may may have been approached by a team in the West wearing oh, red. God. Teddy, Teddy Williams <laughs> is not going. They'd have to pronounce it. Yeah, they'd have to pronounce it Teddy. Yeah, Teddy. I'm, I'm not having a Teddy Williams. He's not going. He's uh, keeping him here. Keeping him. We need him. Like we, we need him. <laughs> yeah. Whenever, like, look, whenever Tamani gets here, I was going to say, yeah. We need, yeah. He's, like, uh, yeah, I'm not sure what the, what Tamani's legs are looking like either. No, no. Well, he's a. Mm, but he's had a brutal season to be fair he's put himself about quite a lot no he really has um, um so more cardiff news and i'm glad you called me in there because we can segue this nicely uh rumors of geffen jenkins becoming cardiff defense coach following richard hodges leaving uh, I, i'm not convinced still uh, with, with geff as a defense coach as, yeah I know, i'm not saying ever i'm just saying not yet mm-hmm um, great player, you know, one of the greats. Um, yeah. But I feel sometimes that great player can't necessarily transfer his skills from a playing capacity to a coaching capacity. See that quite a lot where players have the acumen of performance but can't transfer it to actually inspiring and educating and teaching how to play in that in a way they desire. He, he never struck me as a particularly personable um, human being. <laughs> <laughs> That's very um, pointy, Reese. Yeah, I, like I, I imagine Geff is more of a pointing at symbols on a whiteboard and scowling <laughs> approach to coaching than he is uh, explaining neatly what he wants you to do. I yeah, I kind of get that. Like, mm. like if you do something wrong, he will look at you with a way that you'll know you've done something oh, yeah. wrong. And you'll know what it is. He doesn't have to use words. He's, he's sort of like a a a, a, a less eloquent um, Sean Edwards. I was I was thinking. I, I feel like <laughs> I mean I think that's why Sean loved him so much. because you know? yeah. uh, he, he was a bit of a defensive leader, wasn't he? And I I guess his time yeah. coaching at, for the national side didn't really work all that well. I suppose I, I, it, it, this was the defense did come on in steps, not the required leaps you'd want, but. Well, maybe it was, it, it was good in bursts, wasn't it? It was. It wasn't necessarily gradually improving. Like sometimes it'd be, mm, yeah, just, yeah, just sick, and, and other times it was not so great. Yeah, so I think maybe the the whale's job was a step too far at that time. Yeah, great yeah. to be in that, that experience of the environment. Don't get me wrong. However, yeah. it's been able to sort of bring out that level of player as well mm-hmm. because you've already got the best you have available to you how would you bring out the better in them 
yeah yeah no i know i know what you're saying i, I kind of feel like he might dovetail quite nicely with um with die yeah no i i i understand that there's two 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 coaches who would see off the same if not similar song sheets yeah i mean short of getting short of getting sean edwards which i don't think we are going to manage <laughs> imagine either yeah i take it um right moving to other matters i finally think i've decoded what the hell is going on in the under 18 six nations championship I had a, really i, I did it well my done own. Yeah, I've, uh, that took some doing. I mean, well, you'd rather crack the Da Vinci Code, I think. Well, this but... is it. I mean, <laughs> did, do you know where I found the information? No. The the under twenties Six Nations webpage. Is there such a thing? <laughs> there is, and on the under twenty wow. Six Nations webpage, you can find the under 18s info. Well, that is a tedious link. It is a tedious link. Um, so, there was a men's under eighteen Six Nations and a women's under eighteen Six Nations. Uh, the men's tournament was held in Dublin across three match days, and each team played three 70-minute fixtures with rolling subs, and every player was supposed to get game time. But So what that meant is that not everybody got to play everybody. Mm. Uh, so Wales played Ireland, Italy, and Scotland with a win over Scotland in the final round. But yeah, that weird format then meant that they didn't play England or France, which I, I'm not sure... Do you see much sense in no. arranging things like that? No, not at all. It needs to be fully replica- replicated of what higher up is. And I think games need to be 80 minutes long, not convoluted convoluted equivalents of what we see on the television. When when you were um, coming up through the ranks, did 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 you start playing 80 minutes from like youth level or junior level? Can you remember? Before, before yeah. okay. youth level, it was um, probably from... Oh, no, you're, no, you're asking me to delve quite far back into my uh, playing days yes and, uh, to dust off some uh, some memoirs but um, yeah I think we were, we were playing I think Chris I think I was playing contact from the age of eight <laughs> you weren't meant to be mind that right <laughs> <laughs> that was but, just uh, you no, nobody was, else was uh, yeah. um, I think we started playing full on 15s from the age of um, I can say 14 maybe something like that maybe okay. i can't quite remember. please somebody remind me i'm 36 going on 37 so um let's do bangs on the head by now i i wonder if maybe the reason they've done it is 18 year olds have got other commitments like some are probably in education yeah maybe, but maybe they can't take so what what eventually what is essentially five weeks off that perhaps yeah i, I get it there's there's looking at individuals in a team at their time of life it's quite an important time of life let's not get take away anything yeah, yeah. from that i mean it's quite formative you're in your latter school years so maybe looking at further education and and, and the like and you know, with with them being international under 18s players you know potentially a further career with with a, with a professional entity because um well when we went to watch the uh osprey's cardiff under 18s game uh back in february that was an 80 minute fixture mm. interestingly yeah well and there's that to think about as well um mm. like why would you convolute a game which you're not playing on the reg- on a regular basis why drop it by that 10 minutes all right probably gonna be five minutes a half and maybe to the level and the intensity maybe you're glad of that extra five minutes with i don't I, know i i feel like maybe maybe the under 18s don't need a six nations tournament maybe they should just have international friendlies throughout the year perhaps uh, I don't, you, you, you'd you want something on it I think you'd like a 
I mean, you, you coming from sort of playing a regular sort of league rugby at an eighteen-year-old, be it mm. whether it be sort of like the thin end of eighteen or as a as a youth player or the thick end of eighteen as a senior player, I think you're, you're always playing, looking at a, at a league situation, first team, second team, however it looks. Um, so you know you got to bring out your best performance, and I'm not sure if sort of like you know just international friendlies on a you know five games over seven weeks sort of thing would have the same impact it would it might not bring up the same design oh, of course you want to win games but yeah there's nothing else on it like which i don't think is positive now if you thought that was convoluted wait till you about the women's under 18 six nations festival of rugby so uh the way that was set up hang on let me just uh double check my notes here so that was all at Wellington College in England across three match days. Each team played four 35-minute games across match days one and two, and then one 70-minute fixture on the final match day. Oh, this is preposterous. <laughs> it, it, it took me about seven times reading that to sort of get a handle on what was going on. Right, so if, correct me if I'm wrong. 35-minute games. Yeah. We're not talking half... A full no. half of rugby here. No, you're talking 35 about thirty-five minutes. Are they, are they splitting that off between two? Yes, you play seventeen and a half minute quarters. I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure. If, I'm not sure of that resolution. Um, what I do know is, yes, you play two of your fixtures on one day. So you play seventy minutes of rugby in a day, uh, and then you know that's two thirty-five minute games. I, I, I do. I, I really feel like this is just to make sure that the kids can go and do the other things <sighs> they, they got to do, like. Okay, I, I I can buy into that, but I'm mm. not sold on it. I'll be honest. It just sort of reminds me of how they warm up in the Southern Hemisphere for the Super Rugby. I think they they play something called like um the a game of three halves, uh, where I, they say they'll get sort of I don't know, say the Hurricanes, the Crusaders, and the Chiefs, uh-huh. and like they'll be like three three forty minutes is, and they'll each play each other once, kind of thing like. Hmm. I did um, see a, a pre-season match once between Pont de Prive and Newbury, which was three 30-minute thirds, which I just thought, was like, who's coming up with this? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I played in a fair field with them, like three 30-minute-ish. Why? <laughs> because like, everyone's knackered in your first pre-season game, that's why. <laughs> I guess, oh, so, so there's a bit of squad rotation going on yeah, around yeah. the thirds. So like, okay, you, you, I, like, you, like sort of in days of yore, um, like you'd sort of maybe start with your first team in the first third yeah. or your first half of the three halves and then maybe you'll have your second 15 in your in your second half and then you maybe have a, a mix of whoever's whoever's, whoever's, whoever's left, left. <laughs> in your third in your third half maybe whoever's feeling fit enough to last yeah. to go another another 30 minutes but the uh, the under 18 women anyway they, they lost to england france and italy on uh, in the first two match days, beat Scotland in one of the first two match days, and also beat Ireland on the final match day. So, uh, both the men's teams and the women's teams doing quite well there. Now, just as I was about to ask Mikey to give us his big news, we, we've lost him. So, um, I'm going to take a pause there and see if we can get him back. Uh, oh, hang on. He's giving me the wobble. Mikey, are you back? All right, we'll cut there and I will. Yeah, yeah I'm back. Oh, he's back. All right, we won't cut there. Mikey, you're back just in time to <laughs> unveil just unveil your big news. Drum roll, please. Please. 
Can you yes. then try to tap on the table, yeah? Yes, I can. <laughs> uh, I've been removed from the Nomads WhatsApp group effective today. Or oh, did, did, did I have a tear in my eye or what? I, I can't believe it, man. Like, uh, how long have you been in that WhatsApp group? I, I made the bloody thing. <laughs> so you've been removed as an admin. See, this is, this is where you've gone wrong. I, like, uh, you gave somebody else admin privileges. And they've, I, I, they've, yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't you, like. I, I didn't make it, no. There was a, 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 a laugh for the pot, no less. But no, it's... Um, yeah, it's uh, probably due to my um, ability to commit to training and playing. It's just pretty much hasn't been here this season. But um, yeah. I'll see if I can uh, worm my way back in by by next season. Let's have a see. Uh, so, what what are the the stipulations then for getting into this this WhatsApp group? What what do you need to to achieve to get back in there? And will there be any rum involved? <sighs> probably, and lots of it, uh, no doubt. Uh, dues will have to be paid in liquid form. Okay. Well, um, uh, and probably turn up training, maybe if I if I, if I if I do, and maybe make myself available for a game on a weekend. Yeah. But there's a, there's 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 not many of them after this season at the minute. So uh, if yeah, we'll uh, up next season. <laughs> if, if some threatening people came and made you choose, what's more important? Is it is it the the rum or the turning up to training and playing matches on a Saturday? What's the turning up because nobody likes rum. <laughs> nobody does like rum. No. <laughs> Especially the stuff you get behind the bar there. Um, right, so I was hoping Ed would be back by now to um, give us this bit of news, but as uh, as regular listeners will be aware, Ed plays for Cardiff Lions, who beat Leeds, uh, sorry, Leeds Hunters 74-0 to become uh, IGR Rugby UK champions for the second year in a row. Top guys, well done. Congratulations. Guys, yeah. Maybe he's uh, still celebrating that, explains his... Uh, I, his... I hope so. I bloody well hope hard. so. Yeah, indeed. So uh, no, that's that's incredible. I mean, two years on the bounce. I know he's uh, he's done a lot of hard work there, and uh, from what he tells me, they you know they're going at it quite hard in training as well. So uh, excellent stuff there, Cardiff Lions. Good on him. Well done. Congratulations. Right. Shall we go back over last weekend's URC? Oh yeah, let's have a. I, have I a don't. Gander. I don't think this will take too long. Um, I think the game of the weekend was was on Friday. I think it yeah, was the, the Glasgow Scarlets game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And once again, you know, it's a close game. Um, mm. I think Scarlets will actually be disappointed with a loss, cons- uh, e- even oh. considering the, the team they, they took up. Yeah, considering they're playing each other in the, in the, in the Champions Cup, sorry, Challenge Cup, coming up shortly. Um, oh, I forgot about this. Yeah. yeah. I, it, <laughs> Uh, this this don't get me wrong. I, I don't think that score reflects the cup game. Okay. I think both teams are playing their cards very very close to their chest. Even with um, so we look at the, the scarlet selection um, the other day in, in off 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 the uh, off the pod within the, the WhatsApp group, and um, I think the scarlets were looking suitably light in some areas of the park. I mean, picking for example, um, they said the partnership wasn't exactly um full of experience. Um, Karen Tuiplot who coming through the ranks and he's doing well. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think so close to a cup game against the same team. You're going to risk Callum Afoni, who was just on the back of an injury as well. Take nothing away from Tuiplot, of course. I think he's one for the future and in the very near future. I mean, whispers are around that he could be a bolter for the World Cup even, but um. 
personally, I'm not so sure he's there yet. But let's. But I'm not saying he will never not be. Um, and a few other sort of questionable selections around the park, but like you still have the likes of uh, um, Via Fafita playing as well. And I think. Well, I think someone, we need to talk about this, don't we? We do. I think, but I think someone like Via Fafita, you try and stop him playing. Was it a try? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, do you know what? For me, right? Like, I I think this is a problem of officiating. Like, yeah. I I don't I didn't really hear what question the ref had asked, but and that's a problem as well. If the question had been any reason to change my mind, that's a because was a, I'm sure on field was a try. I think so too. So I don't think there was I, clear evidence against it. So, I think situations like that, if you if when you're a referee, if you see nothing wrong. Mm. At that moment, you have yeah. to go with what you see, and this is where I think is the the grey area of the TMO. Where where does does the ref need to ask the TMO in that instance? Mm. I mean, given given the, the outcome of the game, the 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 the, the scores as it was at the time, you no, know, it was, it was it's a close game, yeah, and that's, well, that's and, a game changing moment. It keeps Scarlets in the hunt for a playoff and the Welsh Shield yeah. as well. Not that you want to sort of like, you know, dictate the narrative from higher powers, but this is what league rugby is all about. You yeah. You you, you take your wins when you can, you, and you suffer your losses. I mean, the Scarlets more than anyone, any this, team this... in the league can can feel that suffering now because of the start of the season they had. I mean, they're two different teams. The one yeah. team that started twenty twenty three is much different than the team that started twenty twenty two. Yeah, I mean this might be a semi controversial take. But was Glasgow's chase so poor because they thought he was offside and they were like, well, this is going to get called back? Well, that's their fault. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I mean, when Nip Tompkins scored one of his tries for Wales, it was the, 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 the knock-on. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that. I mean, well, fair play to, I know I've slid in Nick Tompkins quite a lot on this pod these last 18 weeks. Played, played the whistle, <laughs> yeah. Played the whistle, but, didn't but, but Exactly, yeah. And, and fair play to him. Takes his opportunities and chances when he can. And and, mm. and more fool the defence if they're not going to play the whistle as well. It was arguably one of the most scarlet tries of all time. Len for the field, <laughs> second row, just gassing people. God, I can't... I can't remember the last time Scarlets didn't score a try in a game. Oh, they haven't been nailed for a fair while, at least in the second half of the season. It's like, and it's encouraging to see, like, you know, whatever Dwayne Peter is doing down there is has sunk mm-hmm. in now when it's, and it's unfortunate yeah. that he's had to take half a season to do so. But, yeah. you know, that's I think, given you're know, bringing in Johan Lloyd as well. It'll be interesting, the, won't it? Yeah, and sort of the, the emergence of Tuipulatu and the loss of Callum Forney and yeah. um, and the loss of Blacker, but they've got Kieran, Har- Kieran Hardy and Gareth Davis. This, yeah. this, this, there's a lot in the in the melting pot in Clenetly at the minute, I think. I, and, I, um, I can't wait to see how all the squads look at the start of next season. I, I really, really need a very tour in each one, I think. I think. Oh yes, there we are. When all Pretty the signings sorted. Mm, there's four weeks. There's four episodes. Um, so at the same time. Um, it was Ulster versus Dragons. I, I had my eyes on the Scarlets game more so than this. Because um, yeah. I, I kind of feel like I just knew how this game was unfortunately going to go. Yeah, yeah. and I think, you know, as, and I'm not saying the Scarlets game was a wet blanket, but, you know, the score didn't exactly reflect a, an open and flowing game. But it was never going to, because of the Cup game coming up. 
I I I, enjoy, I thoroughly enjoyed the Scarlet's game. If I'm being mm. honest, I, I thought it was tight. It was it was nervy. It was cagey. Yeah. Scarlet's were definitely underdogs because of the team they took up. Glasgow mm. were a bit more stacked, and I mm. thought, you know, I thought it was on. I really did. I you know once once the game started and it started unfolding like it did. Uh, Saturday then, I think. Well, Edinburgh beat Scotland. Uh, Edinburgh beat Scotland. No, Edinburgh beat Ospreys forty-five twenty-one, and Connaught beat Cardiff thirty-eight nineteen. Which means the Welsh Shield is still what to play for. I think Ospreys mm. going to be way more bothered by that I, result than Cardiff. Yes, I think so. Um, I think, given the league position, I think the Ospreys feel they've still got to play for it, whereas the Blue Dr- Cardiff nearly Cardiff could. Um, are in prime position as it stands, and for a better man, I think um, it's the it's the Cardiff's to lose. I uh, I just need to admit to something here. I was on mute when I hit the blue bell there, so you're getting a little <laughs> retrospective bell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Retrospective bell. Um, yeah, I I honestly thought Ospreys would go to Edinburgh and win. I was, I was fully expecting, yeah. and I was, I was fully expecting them to overtake us in the well, or to catch us on points in the league this weekend. Yeah, but then you know the Cardiff outcome. There's not a lot of difference in the points scored and conceded in we, both we, games. We, we were messaging during the game, weren't we? we were like, oh, yeah. I see Cardiff are marginally less shit right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, by a, by uh, a skid mark or two, maybe we don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't want to be one of these bores who moans about refs, but I am, and I will. Um. Toby Fowato did get hit in the head by a shoulder. And Thomas Williams, who was captain, went up to the ref and said, please, can you have a look? And the ref was just like, no, fuck off, basically. Wow. Yeah. And like, you know, in the environment we are in, yeah, yeah. head injuries are important and yeah. rightly being looked at. I mean, that's the captain showing sort of appreciation for the welfare of his players. Yeah, yeah. Like, at a very basic level. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm surprised then, like, the TMO didn't come in. Like, I'm surprised Thomas Williams had to come in because, you know, I, I saw that one in real time. Most of the time, if if there's a high shot that the TMO comes in on, I've never really noticed it in real time. And then the TMO will jump in and be like, hey, you've, you've missed something here. Yeah. But this, this one was was quite obvious to me. I just thought, and, you know what? Like, it's these mm. these decisions that maybe cost us a losing bonus point or a try bonus point, you know? Yeah. Because by the looks of it, Cardiff, we were far off. I, I, we were three tries, yeah. Mm. I mean, we we were uh, within ten meters of their try line at this point. And so, decisions like that sort of have a massive impact. Like you know, decision making by the team and the officials dictate the game, which uh, you know we yeah. don't want to see the game dictated by outside influences and external factors. Now, on the on the one hand, if we had scored a try there, um, that would be it. The, the Welsh Shield would be Cardiff's yeah. because Ospreys couldn't overtake then on on games one, even if they five nil us at Judgment Day. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, I, I mean, on the one hand, it means there's something to play for in judgment, but well, yeah. now, I guess, um, Me, which makes it, which makes that game all the more excited and interesting and sort of worthy of a judgment day fixture. Yeah. And it, there's a little parallel actually. So, um, Cardiff had a really disappointing game at home to Edinburgh early in the season, mm. if I recall correctly. And yeah, if we'd have won that, then we wouldn't be talking about this now. You know? so, but yeah, yeah. It'd be yeah. far and away. If, I think it was off the back of beating Munster and Stormers. You know? And there's yeah. a guy, Edinburgh, coming to town, they're in shit form. And they're, uh, <laughs> of ah, we, yes, I remember this chat now, yeah. Of yeah. course we'll bollocks that one up. All right, uh, more disappointment then. The Six Nations on the weekend. For half an hour, it looked like it was on, mm. didn't it? Uh, but the, if, the, yeah, 
the opening gambit by Wales was immense. Um, I'm just going to say, I want to say a few things on like the TV coverage. So nobody mentioned the triple crown until about two or three minutes before kickoff as a sort of, and it was a sort of throwaway yeah. comment. It was a bit like mm. the entire time I was going, Wales have got a triple crown on the line. Why are yeah. we well, going in hard on this? Is it, my only thoughts around this are, is there actually a trophy to play for? I don't know, actually. Mm. Um, it's, a, it's a really good question because I suppose the Triple Crown developed organically before France and Italy were yeah. in the home nations tournament. So, yeah. And it's, it's almost on a silver platter, as you were, for the, yeah, for the I, women's game, like, isn't it, really? And I suppose but, the, tri- the Triple Crown then was just a, a grand slam. Um, yeah. So I think maybe in this sense, it's sort of like a Triple Crown game rather than the triple crown game like which, I see what you the, mean. yeah and the, the narrative shouldn't be so i mean it's a wales england six nations game for the triple crown of of of, of that tournament because I, I suppose yeah we have talked in the past about how sometimes the parallels between the men's and the women's game can be kind of harmful is the wrong word but sort of tr- trite maybe whereas yeah yeah, yeah like bolting a triple crown onto a competition that really didn't develop as the, yeah. the triple crown as the slam yeah, yeah this is might, might be a bit cheap maybe I, I don't know i mean do like you know the the, the women's fix t- t- tournament now has its own window does it need its own um in sort of into into trophy like 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 that like like the triple crown but then i suppose it's always been Hmm. I suppose it's, I can't say it's always been the Six Nations, but like, yeah, exactly. This is tricky, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's always been there, but it's certainly more in in in, in the eye now, and and rightly yeah. so. Um, and it should all be, and, and I think we all know now it always should have been. Yeah. Um, it needs that gravity, and it yeah. needs retrospective respect as well. One one thing I hope it never gets is <clears throat> those silly little trophies that each country plays each other for. So the oh, Calcutta Cup, yes. I'm right, I'm right with that. Yeah, that's... but like, what what um, Italy, play, Italy play Wales the Garibaldi Cup, and it's a bit like why, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that that doesn't make sense. And there's one for isn't there one for Argentina as well? Wales Argentina didn't they have that in the autumn? I think and, so. Oh, like Just no, there's one. Get a grip in it. I, mean, I think I think I'm okay with the Doddy Cup. So that's that is a bit different. Yeah, I think I'm okay um, with that one. But like, and, and are... I'm, I'm I'm totally okay with the Calcutta Cup because again, that yeah. was like the, the first international, right? So it's right. I think that you track the back and forth of that one. But you know, the the journey that the Garibaldi Cup has taken. Does anybody care? Um, the only Garibaldi I want with the cup is a when the cup is full of tea. Ding. And, by, and, and, and the Garibaldi comes in a pack with about thirty or forty others. Thanks very much. Yeah. But I, I guess I, I's, I's on the field. <laughs> I thought England were rattled in the first half an hour. Yeah. Like England had the wind behind them and mm. they had on paper a ferocious pack and yeah. skillful backs, but they were dropping balls. They were losing scrums. They were losing yeah. collisions. And I thought, you know what? The sun is shining. The crowd is cheering you on. I think keep this up and there is a good yeah. chance this will be a tight game. And I think the... the it, it was almost kind of like um, everyone wanted that. It, it was it was a, a, the day was perfect for it. But you watch England, then later on in the first half, they just seemed to find a way. And I think that's probably the difference between the longer term professional contracts and eighteen months with the contracts. I don't think yeah. Wales lost their way. No. I think Wales kept the way they wanted to play and wanted 
um, to see the game out. But England just managed to do it like what they've been doing for the last lead up to the World Cup and everything. Yeah, I mean the analogy I've uh, mentioned a few times, I guess, is like it's it's like the best amateur club runner you know running a marathon alongside an elite runner, and they'll mm. they'll keep up for five k, and and then yeah, just just you know, and, and then you lead to off. just yeah jog off. And I I think that's probably still where we are, um, but you know I think now that you have professionalism, you can sort of make a plan to bridge that gap. But what you've got to make sure is that yeah. England don't pull away faster than the other nations catch up because they are just yeah. shit hot, right? Yeah, and uh, they're already on their well-established path and that path will continue to be put out in front of them. Um, and I think it's the, the the duty of the rest of the unions to put the path in front of their respective players and build towards what England have. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. It, uh, I guess. See, we we were we were full on up for the victory, weren't we? Mm, we were uh, all last we week. Were. Um, see, so yeah, a real a real shame. I think that it ended the mm. way it did. But I think if if I'd have just listened to my head, I feel like that's probably how I would have expected things to go. Yeah, I think um, you know, a heart of hearts, they were full full of it for Wales but like sometimes the head needs to rule the heart and I think we yeah like you said we knew what the outcome was going to be in the end didn't realise by how much I thought maybe at least Wales would have would have got a try in either half which would have been progress I think for you uh, and Cunningham yeah I didn't like that we didn't get over the whitewash I feel, I feel yeah. like we had chances to in the first half as well like yeah, in the second I, half I feel they would have been against the, the the flow of the game but yeah that yeah. first half first should off. have gotten the score sheet I think yeah um, there was a held up try wasn't it yeah midway through the first half um, and it's disappointing to think that that was the closest Wales come to getting yeah. a, a try on the scoreboard but um, you know that's that game has kind of got to be I don't say that, that game's got to be the barometer because they've already achieved what they wanted to what in comparison to last year's markers, they've already matched us. So anything after this, after the first two games, is effectively a bonus, which yeah. which leads well on into the game against France and even on into the game against Italy. I mean, I think fingers crossed. Like Wales haven't lost that bit of momentum they gained in the, gained in the first two fixtures, and then let let the bubble be popped against England, and then let's hope they can sort of find some resolve and take that to Grenoble. Yeah, well, this is it. So I think that's the third instance of the word. Yeah, so uh, we do march on. Uh, we have unbeaten France in Grenoble uh, on Sunday, quarter past three. Now, France, they hammered Scotland 55 nil in France last weekend. And to be fair, Scotland gave us a game. Um, mm. We, sorry, we, France, that uh, also beat oui, oui. Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> France also beat Ireland 53-3 in Dublin. And Italy twenty two twelve in Italy, so we're going to a rampant France. Yeah, sounds weird. And, and much, I suppose, I say maybe in this sort of similar vein as to England's opening two fixtures were as well. They were heavy hitters in their two fixtures, and um, I think sort of we were looking looking last week at if if Wales had overcome England. I mean, and then on to France. I mean. Sacre bleu, je ne sais quoi about that game. I think so, but I, I guess the question is: um, Are we going to see 
Wales bounce back or going to a bit of a doom spiral. Could be a false dichotomy and it could just be, yeah, fine. But I feel like we're still quite an emotional nation yeah. when it comes to rugby and mm. that somehow sometimes dictates the momentum yeah. of a campaign. I think so. Yeah, so I, uh, I've i got a bad feeling about it now. Yeah. Let's remain positive, Reese. Remain positive. Positive for the, for the for the girls. I'm trying. I'm trying my best. Um, I, th- I think they'll give, they'll give a better account of themselves. This I think weekend. so. Okay, let's let's go with that. I think, yeah, a little bit of bounce back ability, and then you've got a game against Italy to finish off. And I mean, a, a victory against either of those two teams is an improvement on last season. I think actually yeah. we're already improved on last season. Like, yeah, but on on the, on the field from a, a a supporter's perspective, yeah, maybe in the back room because of the professionalism. But I think what really does sort of make the difference is league uh, is, is table finishing positions. Yeah. I think that'll that'll be last year acid test. I think. Yeah. So uh, go on, Mikey. Give me a give me a head and give me a heart. Oh, heart will always be flowing with the the, the red of the wheels. That's not just because you know us cold blooded animals have red blood. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think definitely um, Wales in the heart, edging towards France in the head. Yeah, see, my my heart right now is a is a cold and empty place. So I'm is going there. Uh, yeah, so oh. I'm going I'm going head and heart for France on this one. It's uh, <laughs> annoyingly. It, it's like if if I feel yeah, I just feel a bit like that game was so disappointing because we we were so excited, and we were so excited up until half time really, and it, was, yeah. it felt like a bit of a, a sort of crashing back down to earth I'm hoping I'm wrong I really do but, uh... <laughs> and I hope the listeners are hoping the same <laughs> yeah right shall we take a little quick break before we bring mm. our uh, well what should we call them our scarlet and our dragon mm. uh, into proceedings uh, to talk about judgment day so yeah we'll uh, we'll be right back All right, welcome back, everyone. Really happy to say that we have found some stray scarlets and dragons to help us through the Judgment Day segment. Uh, the first of whom you'll be familiar with, if you're a long-term listener, it's South Wales Jet founder and Scarlets fan Liam Price. It's your second part out there. How are you doing, bud? Not too bad, pal. Yeah, nice to have be back on. Uh, thanks right. for inviting me. That's all right. I could see you sort of biting your tongue during the uh, the, the Scarlet's Glasgow segment just now. Mikey yeah. was uh, doing you a bit of a dirty, maybe. Yeah, I just, I just don't think he went in depth on the on, yeah. on the referee's decisions because uh, it's it, uh, it's a bit of a sore subject, definitely. Yeah, maybe, maybe we'll cover that later in a, in a significant part of the pod. <laughs> now we've also found ourselves a Dragons fan who's confusingly also called Reese. So we're going to call him Reese DT and I'll be RJJ. How are you doing, Reese? I'm good. Thanks for having me. It's a, it's a pod debut for you, isn't it? It is. Been it a is. So, uh, long time listener, yeah, first we'll... time caller. <laughs> Wait, I don't think we've had either of them before. <laughs> we have neither long time listener. So, uh, you're the guy. It's you. <laughs> Been here since day one, mate. Yeah. Uh, so, um, Mikey, you're going to be our resident osprey you're going to be balancing things out for us um yeah i'm proud to be representing the o's of would australia would you call yourself a glory fan 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent. behave yourself liam 
Um, <laughs> on that point, let's clear that up for now. <laughs> um, since the demise Ooh. of my beloved Warriors, um, I, was, I think I've probably mentioned this on the pod before. I have struggled to sort of like, you know, tie my colours to the mast as it were, flittering regularly between the Dragons and the Ospreys. But um, no, yeah, I'm absolutely happy to uh, fly the Osprey's flag. Okay. So, Reese. DT, uh, what we're going to do with you is the same thing we do with any uh, any new podcast uh, attendee, and we're going to ask you a little bit about your your rugby journey, uh, starting with your, your earliest rugby memory. I've been trying to ponder this one for a couple of days now. I think it's probably Wales England, nineteen ninety three. Wales won ten nine, and I remember my father had the videotape, so we watched it a lot. <laughs> Mike, Mikey Biz, do you remember this one? I I, I don't remember '93. I I was still oh, yeah. I didn't even know what I, I wasn't even rollerblading at that point. Too, so too I, early for me. Yeah, a little bit before. But before I, I feel like yeah. I know the game you mean. Yeah. Um, was it a Yaya Evans? It was Yaya yeah, Evans try. Yeah, Yaya Evans. Yaya Evans is going to score. That one. <laughs> was he s- stepped about six of them and then went under the sticks? Did he? Pretty sure. Yes. I'm going to have to look this up, watch this yeah, game back the, again. Yeah, that's the one. That's the badger. Uh, do you still have a tape player? <laughs> I'm sure I can find one. Every good rugby fan has a every good rugby fan has a VHS player. There's been so many great games from history. All right, you you, you dare not have one. And YouTube Funnily doesn't enough, have all the I links. Was, um, was one of the Cardiff Twitter guys um, was at the uh, the sports ground in Galway for the Connaught game. And in the concourse, they've still got those old Sanyo tube TVs up on brackets on the ceiling, just showing a life into the game. So no, not not a plasma screen or an LCD in sight. <laughs> Full on glass fronted brick of a machine. If it's not broken, I mean, it might don't be fix broke. it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the yeah. time, and times are hard. Times are I mean, hard. Uh, so, so Reese, um, that '93 game against England would. would you say that got you into regular rugby viewing or was it something a bit later then? No, I'd going from there, I think the first game I ever went to watch was South Wales Police against Clanharan Rugby Club. Because oh. somebody who worked with my father was a regular for uh, for the police. So we went to a bunch of those games. Now this is definitely pre uh, professionalism. This was way back yeah, early nineties, yeah. so whole mm. different ball game then but yeah uh, yeah. Oh, yeah i can't actually pick a point where i started choosing to watch rugby on my own mm-hmm. but i'm guessing it was probably university early 2000s i was living in a house full of english people so anytime the six nations came around anything like that definitely yeah, the thing to go for were, were you know. living in that uni house perchance when we beat England in 2005 the Gavin Henson penalty different uni house but yes definitely it was a ah, much more okay. uh, multinational <laughs> house by that point it was uh, okay. a couple of Scots and somebody from Malaysia oh, I okay. think was, but yeah oh lovely yeah. I think Malaysia's actually got a bit of a burgeoning rugby scene at the moment I think there's a, mm. a little bit of an appetite for it there as well not um, going to so take credit to... for it but yeah no. <laughs> um, if, if you could pick out a favourite rugby memory, I'm sure you've got lots. Uh, what would you choose? Mm. 
it all comes down is a lot of Eng- Wales England games, uh, as it the, as it should be. The thirty three game, obviously, very high on my list. Mm. I would probably say the twenty fifteen World Cup, just purely for the line out oh. right at the end. <laughs> and not I tell you what, as well. I tell you what, Reese, as well, like. The meme scene was kind of um, exploding at this point, and that uh, Spanish talk show meme oh. that came out after it, oh, the laughing guy. was, yeah, absolutely yeah. unbelievably good. I, I was, yeah. I was in Twickenham for that game. Were oh, you? Uh, yeah, and I was, and then it's safe to say I'd had a few pints, <laughs> and leaving the state leaving the state you obviously trick them in the middle of a housing estate isn't it so there's, so there's nothing around there's no pubs around people are waiting for buses and as, as I'm walking down past the bus now, now for people queuing up I literally asked every single individual in an England top what the final score was uh, how, how did, did you get out man I'll never know very naughty. yeah <laughs> Oh God, I, I, I remember for me, I, I, um, I actually just watched that in my parents' living room and I blacked out the final. I came around and my head's, my, my, my top swinging on my head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was, that, that, do you know what? That is, yeah. You might have twisted my arm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely, oh, I'd say I, that's definitely top five. Yeah. And a throw in 99 at Wembley. Obviously, still a very big moment. <sighs> Leaving Wales aside, yeah. Japan beating South Africa. Probably oh God, yeah. might be my favourite match of all time. Twenty fifteen as well. It was it was yeah, a vintage. What yeah. a World Cup! <laughs> yeah, awesome. So if we um if we just bring the focus back to Judgment Day, then a bit of an open discussion on this one. How how, you, how do you all feel about there as an event? I mean, we haven't had it for a few years a week because of the um of the gyms and such. Um, I think it's a thing that can grow exponentially year on year. It just needs the the the, the marketing marketing of it needs um, improving somewhat. Let's say. I mean, you you think sort of in a post germ world that people would be absolutely paying for its blood. Um, I'm not. I, I personally, I'm not not sure how the ticket sales are for it, but. Um, if it's not a seventy odd thousand sellout, then we really want to know why. I think it's the wrong time of year, personally. I don't know. I, I think I, I agree. It, I, it needs to be closer to an international window for me. I, I I'll be honest. I, I would take the Christmas derbies. I know. I know. Ooh, it's. I know. Traditionally, show, that is. you know, your home games, especially Scarlet Ospreys and you know Cardiff Newport. You you got your home games. Fair enough, but. You imagine nobody's working over Christmas. You've got more chance of filling that stadium. You've got less chance of clashing with boys playing rugby on a Saturday. You know, you, there's there's more of an opportunity to fill that stadium. And I think by having that stadium half full every time, it doesn't do the the, the occasion justice. Yeah, Reese, did you have something uh, you wanted to add there? If nope. I did, I've now blanked on it. <laughs> No, Actually, not, no, not I, a problem. But... <laughs> I think Mikey was right. The marketing is yeah. off, and the time of year definitely seems off. Unfortunately, I... yes. it's so almost like there's Yorker, if nothing to play for as far as the Dragons yeah, are concerned. Exactly that. Yes, yeah. Cardiff Ospreys has got a bit more on the line, but they, mm-hmm. neither of them are overly important games. 
Yeah, I mean, you you look at you know there is the Welsh Shield and the the outcome does sort of dictate challenge versus Champions Cup rugby, but yeah, it's still a game between ninth and tenth in the table. Yeah. And it's it's not as even as if there's like you know the the, the, the judgment day jug to win, is it? Like there's there's something on the day. Oh, I see what you mean. So like, uh, I guess if you've only got one game between, sorry, two games between four teams, you can't really play for anything unless you do what they've done in the the women's under eighteen Six Nations and have. Uh... There, there needs there needs to be more jeopardy to it. You know, at, at the end of the day, you yeah, the Welsh regions are obviously underfunded, and by the time we get to this part of the season, let's be honest. No, no, none of our teams are basically pushing for the playoffs at the moment, and no. come come April time, there's nothing really to play for, and then we're trying to trying to sell out the stadium. It's almost as if they they've hoped yeah. that there would be more to play for at this point, yeah. and it just hasn't been the case. Um, yeah. And you know, especially in the principality, that you know, you can close the roof. The weather's not that much of a big deal. You yeah. know, just maybe you know, start the season. You could argue it would ramp up interest for the season going say, forward. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's not Christmas. Do the first game. The the, the first game's big, big, yeah. massive showdown to start, you know, and uh, and take it from there. Yeah. People have had no rugby throughout the summer. Yeah. They're excited that the season's mm. getting back up and running. You, yeah. you might even sell some season tickets off what, the back what a, of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What a way to kick the season off. Like, that's exactly how you want to kick it off with a, with a dynamic sort of an explosion of, 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 of rugby prowess. I was thinking of this as well. And, you know, it's it takes away... A fixture from one of the teams, one of their home yeah. fixtures. Yeah. You know? And you look at the Dragons now. They, they, their last home game was what three, three, four weeks ago. Yeah, the URC calendar is and, garbage. And it's because they've obviously given this one up. This is this is their home game, and you know how, how can you have your last home game at the beginning of March? It's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's just insane. Like you know, yeah. Like, I, I thought another way you could do it. And it's, yes, it's good to have the four regions play there, but why not? Do something like a, a magic weekend where we play all, all of all of our teams pick a home fixture against one of the bigger teams. You know what I mean? And, and have a full mm. weekend there, like two games on a Saturday, two on a Sunday. It's it's like it, a rugby league kind of job. Like, say, unless there's something on it, then we're never going to fill our stadium. Yeah, I, I, mm. I remember like it's, it's sort of increased because I remember the first year you'd buy an unreserved ticket. They opened the middle tier and there was just a mm. mad rush. Everybody just went. <laughs> um, yeah. And then in years, years after, it started to grow a little bit, but I, I really don't see them getting anywhere close to us out. I, I, I'd chance. have thought 40,000 ish yeah. where I am. Yeah, that's probably a fair representation. I mean, like you, you probably get that watching mm. as a collective or not far off on a weekly yeah. basis, the regions anyway. I mean, like you look at what is it, sort of. Eight thousand in the Ospreys. I think, I think the I think the semi final for for Scarlets has proven that there has to be something on it. You know, we've we've had an average of yeah. six to eight thousand all all season, and then you know we're two weeks out from the semi final and there's already eleven thousand tickets gone. Yeah, you, you know you've mean? had to open another stand exactly. as well. Exactly. So, so you know what I mean. There has to be something on it for it for the the it one to be a spectacle and two for the attention to be on it. And you'd hope that three them remaining three thousand tickets mm. wouldn't be yeah. long hanging around. Yeah, especially if uh, they do best the dragons this weekend, uh, which brings us on to the first game at uh, three o'clock. Uh, we'll be there, Biz. Reece, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll be there. Mikey, you're not you're not uh, partaking. 
I'm going to try and I'm going to try and catch it on as much as I well, can look, look on the television. I'll be the one in blue and black. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. not change here then. Um, so yeah, Biz, like Scarlets have, like you say, they've got the momentum now with the results this side of Christmas. Nothing left to play for in the URC. Do you think there's any danger that this Challenge Cup semi-final is going to be a distraction? Um, it, it all depends on on, on selection. Um, you know, you, obviously you can go one of two ways. We can go strong and, and, and have that momentum into next week, which personally I, I favour. I think, you know, we, we went up to Glasgow last week um, with a weakened squad, I think, with, with that in mind. You know, I don't think... Uh, it's, it's a hard hard enough place to go anyway, as as the Dragons found out a couple of weeks back. And, you know, we went there with an unknown centre partnership, you know, a couple of debut games for a few of our players. And, you know, apart from a bit of dodgy uh, officiating, you know, we, we thought we should have had a better result. I but, mean, um... <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of gutted we didn't bring you boys in earlier for the, for the chat about the URC. I, I got to ask you, what, what did you make of the uh, Fafita non-try? I, I just think it's a farce. Referee called ball was out, and then he's referred it to the TMO. And, you know, it's not only that. Like, don't get me wrong. As a Scarlet's fan, and Mike will tell you how much I've bemoaned the officiating, the there's no accountability for it. You know, it's crap, the, the first Absolutely. half, there's a swinging arm to Kieran Hardy and it's not even looked at. You know, the the, the line out that, the, uh, that Glasgow actually scored off was nowhere near straight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and you look at that try, which, which should have been a try. And like yeah. I say, it's, it's them fine margins where it's it just makes a mockery of it because... Look at this week, Dragon Scarlets, Brian McNeese, the TMO from last week, is the TMO for us again this week. Oh, God. How is that even, how is that even possible? I know. And I, you probably, like, heard in the chat we had about the uh, the Connaught Cardiff game as well. You know, yeah. Thomas Williams had to go and beg for a TMO referral, and it, it never came. It's you know? insane. It's absolutely insane. There's big... Because of the way it's set out, and all the referees are governed by the governing body and not by a, a single panel, there, there's no accountability there. The, the, these these referees are making atrocious decisions week in week out. Like look at the Cardiff ref. Was it was it was a Sam Grove White? Yeah. Like you, you know uh, Cardiff a zero from seven. Yeah, I was going to say ref. he's refereed Cardiff <laughs> seven times and Cardiff never won a game. You know, it's it's just absolutely uh, uh, so poor. I mean, there's been points in various seasons where I could distill this down to Cardiff have never won a game, but yeah. it just like it's officiating in every single game. You can pick out howlers for every single game. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, yeah, and the blatant howlers. Are they not like subtle, like you know, there are actual things that have gone on, which then and, and the exactly. crowd are up in arms, and yeah, there's people checking chucking a pint glass at the televisions kind of thing and asking, how did you not see that referee? You were there, so man. Maybe, you were there. Maybe that goes to show that in Connaught, they've got, they get favourable decisions because they've still got televisions from 40 years ago hanging in the concourse <laughs> yeah. and nobody's actually uh, <laughs> put them through yet. It's just crap. But uh, go, going and back they, to... And I'm sure that's what they use in the TMO. Saturday, um, <laughs> yeah, personally, I think we should go as strong as possible. Yes, we've got to look out for injuries and we can make you know, vital changes after about 50 minutes, but that, that momentum into into next week is for me is vital. Awesome. Uh, Reese. so on the other hand, it, it has been a tough year for Dragons. Uh, firstly, I guess, do you think a win is w- within the realms of possibility? With the Dragons, I think it's always in the realms of possibility. Whether they actually do it, though, is another thing. 
so looking at Saturday, truthfully, I hope the Skulls put out a really strong side. I want the Dragons to put out a really strong side, and I want a good game of rugby. I think I, I think that's yeah that's, that's I think that's what everybody wants, man. I, like I I totally agree. I don't think the sort of the dragons are in it to spoil the game. Spo- spoil it for the, the Scarlet. The, like, the problem with the dragons is, you know I mean? and it's no disrespect towards them. You you just you just don't know how they're going to play. Like <laughs> at the start of the season when I when when we started off, you know. Obviously, we had the worst start of the season that you could ever imagine. Lost the first eight, nine games. And our Dragons are beating teams like Munster. And you think, oh, yeah, actually, it's it's finally happening for the Dragons. You know, it's nice to see. It was genuinely yeah. nice to see as a Welsh you know, rugby fan. It was, it was, it was good. But since, since then, it's just... You know, you just don't know what's, what's going to come. Like, And ironically, it was against the Dragons where we actually turned our season around. You know, losing to the Ospreys... Christmas, and then beating Dragons with 14 men, you know, in in Packers Carlos was was our turning point, and we've lost, you know, two games since mm. since then. So, you know, I'd like to think that we will be able to keep it up, and I, it just depends on the on the team we put out. I think, uh, yeah, going back to what Reese was saying about um, putting out Scots putting out the strong side. I think, especially because it's Judgment Day, right, Reese? You, you just ha- it has to happen for for the occasion, right? That's the thing. It needs to be an occasion. If they they could just put out the second string team, save all the best players for the big games coming up. But that shouldn't be what Judgment Day is about, and it shouldn't be what a derby is about. I mean, I know they're totally the other side of the country, but it is the Welsh derbies, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. Like, I, I mean, to put it in perspective, Clannachie and Newport are as far away as Cork and Limerick. You know, it's it's, it's not that big of a schlep. You know, I, I think Derby is is exactly right. It's, uh, you, you want to see blood and guts. You want some oil. You want some spice. Like, bring it on! Isn't I, it? I'll, I'll be honest. I don't think we're in a position to put a weekend side out. You know, you've got we, we have got injuries. Calamifoni now just been ruled out for the rest of the season. Oh no! So you know, oh, he's he? played his last last game for us. You know, we got. Yeah, you got you know players like Fafita and Lousy who literally have played nearly every minute this year and are still firing. And I don't think we mm. got the depth down there to, to to rotate too much. I think you know obviously last week there was only minor changes, which you know they didn't well when they come in. So I don't think we got that luxury of changing too much. Yeah, no, I think that's right, yeah. um, Reese. If uh... If a win doesn't happen, do, do you think there'd be a sort of satisfaction is not the right word, but an acceptance almost of a, of a close match? Because I think a difference between Dragons this season and last season is the hammerings haven't really happened until quite recently. Uh, so would, would a close game sort of buoy spirits a little bit? Boy, yeah. I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'd be happy with a close game. Um, like, so, I think the analogy you made earlier about the the Six Nations and runners earlier seems to apply to the Dragons an awful lot as well. They always seem to yeah. be in it from the start. You you almost think they can have it, but then something seems to go wrong in like the last 10, 15 minutes. And the scoreline never seems to really reflect how well they play throughout the rest of the game. 
So I think if they can stay yeah. within a score or keep it tight, then like I say, I'd be happy with that. I like to say the players and the clubs as much as they as would a prefer new- a win. I think yeah. staying close would be a good result. I think as a neutral, I don't know, Mikey, would you agree that uh, a, a, a close game would be best for the occasion? Oh, of course, yeah, for the occasion. You, you, you don't want to see more than a score between the two teams, really. And, I mean, again, from a neutral, neutral perspective, sort of seeing how the Scarlets have, are finishing this season with with reasonably with within the grasps of silverware and you you'd like to see the i'd like to see i don't know whether whether dragons tending glasses or what like but um, i think you'd like to see the dragons really push him if not sort of like avlangus o'brien 51 yahada from the from the half from a really out far wide on yeah. the halfway line to 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 seal it by a mm-hmm. point for the, for the I, dragons um, maybe i did read something in the week where they, they talked about last dances quite a lot and like this is dragon's last dance this season like there's there's yeah there aren't any other games after this weekend so like come on boys I, if anyone can feel get the team up for it i reckon flanagan be like right boys you know i was just i was yeah i was just gonna say like um i think die have got that way with words within him to uh to inspire the boys to uh and, and there's a bit of a splinter cell of scarlet's Within the within the dragons as well, I mean, if um, you look at sort of uh, Steph Hughes, Angus O'Brien, uh, Rob Evans is there as well. With, with, so um, without, without I have no doubt they'd too, be uh, too cocky and too too disrespectful towards them. Um, no, no, you um, will never. I just I just don't obviously the you know, selections a big thing, but I just don't see how how or where the performance will come from to 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 be close. If I'm honest, um, you look at our last three or four games against teams like Glasgow, and Glasgow went strong last week. To, to be fair to them, they they had, you know, they had they still they were still playing for a home quarterfinal in the playoffs, so they went strong last week to make sure they won, you know, and and they only just beat us. The, the way we played against Clermont, the way we played against the uh, the Sharks, you know, it's we we have turned we have turned a, a corner, a massive corner. And yeah. you know, if, if we can put anything like that, them performances on the pitch on Saturday, I just I just don't see how we can it can be close. I think that kind of brings us all on to the uh, the head and heart question. So for me, my head is is, is doing the same thing as you. It's like how how could Scarlets possibly not win, considering over the last two weeks, especially mm-hmm. where Dragons have been, where Scarlets have been. But my heart is all well. Hang on, give me the romance. Give me the uh, mm-hmm. the upset. So uh, that's, yeah, that's where I am. So how about you, head and heart? What are you saying? I think my head is saying Scarlet. My heart is definitely with the Dragons. Like, oh. Yeah, give uh, give me you as Mikey. We'll, we'll finish on Biz because I... Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, much the same as uh, Reese DT there. Head is saying Scarlet, but... Um, Dragons okay. are in the heart, definitely. Yeah, like you know, like I just said, just I can't see anything but a comfortable Scarlet's win. Sorry about that, everyone. I thought we were going to get away with an entire podcast without Gremlins. Today wasn't the day. Uh, Biz, I believe you were telling us that your head and heart are dragons. Um, not quite, not quite. <laughs> uh, like like I said, the week after the game is Glasgow is huge. 
and we we got to build some momentum going into that game. You know, you, nobody likes to lose, and losing is is contagious. So yeah. we we I think we'll go strong this weekend, and I think we'll uh, put a marker down to finish the league campaign, the disappointing league campaign, and uh, yeah, mm. I think it'll be a comfortable scholars win. Okie dokie. So the the big question, uh, recent biz, will you be sticking around for the important game after the warm-up? Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, I've never seen anybody leave the middle tier of the Prince Valley Stadium so quickly. Uh, so yeah, Mikey, I guess, as our pretend Ospreys fan this week, um, who do you think will suffer most from this weekend's defeats? Hmm. I... I really do think um, Cardiff will have the bigger hit. Okay. I think the Ospreys have got some resolve in the back pocket. I mean, we've seen some good wins this season against Montpellier away, Leicester away, and a huge account of themselves against Saracens not so long ago. Yeah. I think they, and um, like, if you look at a potential 15, it, strongest 15, I mean, you, you're splitting A's between players in, in some cases. So. And, um, I mean, our Lord and Saviour, Reese Henry, if he doesn't make mm. an appearance, I will be disappointed. If he doesn't come on I and w- score the winner, winning try, and then take the kick to win it for the Ospreys, I'm not interested. I can't wait to see Reese Henry versus uh, Kieran Asarati. Oh like, I just... they, they're the future Wales tight ends there, right? There's your future. Yeah. <laughs> One and two right there, yeah. Um, it's interesting, man, because like, I feel like Ospreys, for me, should have gone to Edinburgh expecting a win. Whereas Cardiff going to Connaught, I think we were always pl- not planning on losing it, but resigned losing it. Yeah, I think the Ospreys can feel mighty aggrieved for shipping 40. Yeah, and it's weird. Like, I, I don't know where this loss came yeah. from for, for Ospreys. And, and, and actually, it, it, it was, which I truly think when the Sharks played the Scarlets the other day, they just turned up. Hmm. Sorry, Biz. <laughs> Scar- Scarlet's done the same to Edinburgh, though, pal. So, you know, we, we put 40 on them. Well, you know, it's, 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 beating Edinburgh is not for everyone, is it? Yes, uh, yes uh, we'll agree to disagree on that point. Yeah. <laughs> but, so, go on, sorry, Mike. So, um, if if a team needs to sort of find its find its rules, then I think um, the Ospreys can, can, can get it from somewhere they'll look within themselves and find it yeah so so looking beyond the victory or the defeat if Cardiff get a single bonus point or deny Ospreys a winning bonus point then then Cardiff take the Welsh Shield and a place in the Champions Cup but do Cardiff actually want the Champions Cup place our squad's going to be Fred Bay next season well this is another thing I've been sort of like you know musing over um and the fans, more than anything, because the fans know sort of the Champions Cup, the opposition within the tournament, then, and particularly with the contracts as they are, you know, what what are, what are the squads going to look like next season? Is it going to be an absolute humbling for one of the regions to be even, even think about being involved in, in the Champions Cup with things as they're going to look next season? Go on. I think Biz wants to jump in on this one. Here's a question for you. Um, would you, as as a, obviously a regional fan, would you prefer to be in the Champions Cup or have a chance of winning the Challenge Cup? It's tricky, yeah, isn't it? Because like with, with the squad, with the squad it is right now, right? Like there was a bit of me that was a 
kind of glad we didn't have to go and play Toulon in the Challenge Cup <laughs> semi-final next weekend because, like, there, I, I feel like there'd be people coming home in body bags. You know, like, it was like, like a game too far. Um, and then the Champions Cup next season, I believe, is going back to the traditional group format. Oh, good. So it, it's going to go back to group format, but it's it's groups of three, isn't it? Oh, is it? Yeah, so you're playing your home and away games against two teams. You're still only oh. playing the four pool games. And yeah, I think so it's the only the top... There's eight groups, and it's only the top teams that actually go through. Interesting. Um, so, yes, I suppose it's not the uh, the groups of four that it was, where, like, you know, the third-place team, you might nick a, an yeah. away win again. Because, yeah. like, Cardiff will go in as bottom seeds. Um, yeah. So, on the one hand, as Mikey says, we'll have gate receipts against a team like Saracens and a team like Montpellier, you know, <laughs> which on the one hand is great, yeah. but on the other hand, they, we'll get absolutely marmalized because, you know, Dan Fisher's had to come out of retirement again. Hero. Uh, it's, Hero. It's, a ve- yeah, it's, a, it's a vexed question. I, I honestly, the answer is I don't know. I don't know what the other boys think. For, for me, I think the, the Challenge Cup is getting better every year. And I'm not and I'm not just saying that because obviously we're in the semis this year. Uh, I said it for years that I think that should be the aim for the, for the Welsh regions at the moment. We haven't got the, the money or the superpowers mm. to to play teams like yeah. Leinster, La Rochelle, Toulouse. You know, we, we wouldn't get anywhere close to them. But I, you I look think... at the Challenge Cup this year and the teams that are actually in the Challenge at knock-up stages, Bristol, Clermont, Toulon, you know, it's, it's getting better as a competition. I think it needs to be, again, down to marketing, it needs to be marketed better. And if a few teams took it a bit more seriously... It could be a very, very close sec, you know, competition. It's a sort of nothing competition until the knockouts. So, like, yeah. you know, Card- Cardiff had Newcastle and Breve, and those aren't big draws. They just aren't. Um, but, yeah, by the time you've got Sale coming to town, it's a whole different story. It, it gets interesting then, like, doesn't it? L- losing to Breve, though, would cost you your home quarters and home semis. It wasn't even losing to Breve. If Lloyd Williams had not drop the ball beneath the sticks. Yeah. Same outcome. We'd have still lost the game, but we'd have had a bonus point, bonus two points. bonus points. And, uh, and you would have been home. Yeah. I, I still, I'll be honest, I still can't believe you, you lost to Benetton out there. It's, it's, it, from the outside, you, you could probably answer this, Reese, because Cardiff do so well under an emotional pressure. Yeah, no, that, that, that game against Sale, like, I, I, what's the nicest possible way to put this? If yeah, if Peter Thomas uh, hadn't died that week, I don't know we'd won that game. Hmm. It's huge. That, that that emotional pressure was huge, and you know you every single one of them players yeah. dispatched. You know, second in their English Premiership, mind. It's not you know hmm. no mean feat. No, that's right. Yeah, and and made it look easy as well. And then and they, they were there were hints of well, there were parallels, I suppose, and with last season, where or was it the season before? Yeah, where we were up against it in the Champions Cup because you know we we had no players left, so we had to like call an Aberavon's yeah. tight dead prop to do you know, a job yeah. for us. Yeah. Um, and and they did like you mm. know they they kept it close against Toulouse and um, was it Quins or oh, sorry, sorry, yeah, Quins, right? Quins. But yeah, um, I, I know what you mean. There is like sometimes I, I think it, more than we get up for the emotional games, like we, we just go into a slump on mm. games that haven't got much on them, if that makes sense. Like to be fair to Benetton, they have got better and they I, are, oh, you know, they, they, they beat us 69 12 or something at yeah, the end of last season. So they're yeah. a better team and they're, they're better, it's better for the league. But yeah. looking back at that Benetton game, they were there for the taking. Like that should have been a win for you guys. Yeah, we we've just travelled so poorly. Like 
it's, you can almost set your watch to Cardiff losing away. Apart mm. from when we somehow 35 nilled that South African team earlier in the season, mm. which is yeah. where the hell that came from. Um, I guess, Mikey Reese, if you want to come in on this one, I, I feel like the Ospreys are probably more deserving and comfortable of a place in the Champions Cup next season. I think probably like the account they've given that they've given of themselves in that in in that tournament. But you know, if the Dragons, the Scarlets, or the Cardiff had been in, would would they have rose to the same occasion kind of thing against the similar similar opposition? Sort of would 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 any of the other regions sort of taken scalps against Leicester and Montpellier? Like Scarlets in twenty twenty three, I could see going away and beating some of those teams, but Scarlet in 2022, I no don't chance. think it would have been the same no thing. Reese, do you want to do you want to weigh in on this one? Like, do you think um, potentially Ospreys are just? I don't know what it is. They just seem to raise the game, and they seem mm. confident that they can beat these teams. Does that then come down to winning becomes habitual? Like, if you you've got yeah. your head set for that cap, if you're going for it, can you keep it going? <laughs> If, if you look look back, mind sort of towards the start of the season. I mean, the Ospreys didn't have a great Ooh. start. They were losing drawing games and you know losing by narrow margins games they should really have won. Mm. And sort of which and they sort of last season they had that bit of resolve, which they started to sort of they could bring themselves out of sticky situations and they seemed to have lost that ability earlier in the season. But when you go away and sort of and, and beat your Leicester's, your Montpellier's, then you know, they've clearly found that resolve to bring it in again from somewhere. I mean, so the book is well and truly open, I think. Yeah, I, I think it's it's it's, a, it's weird, isn't it? I feel like because when, once you get a big result like that, um, if you've got players in the changing room, like your Alan Wins, your Reese mm. Webbs, to then build on that and amplify the message, like, hang on, boys, we are you, we do deserve to compete with these teams. Yeah. Let's let's give this a good old try. Like, yeah, those festive games flipped the season on his head, didn't it? Like, you know, going yeah. into the festive derbies, you thought Cardiff were going to go three from three, <laughs> and uh, yeah, look what happened. <laughs> I think the, the format of the uh, the two European Cups just doesn't help anyone either. But it- you know, you got so many teams qualifying for the knockout stages that the teams are going through after winning one game. Yeah, that didn't help. That that and didn't make just, it any any more clear. Like, Breve tried their best to not qualify for this last sixteen, <laughs> yeah. and, and went in because Newcastle beat beat Cardiff, isn't it? It's, it's, so it's, it's stupid. It's, like that. it's relying on relying on other results to go your way to get through, yeah. which which isn't what you know. Cup sport. I mean, you look across the board, like, like cup rugby, cup football, cup lacrosse. It's, it's all about like, like, like Jim Hamilton said. Nobody took it seriously until they got to the quarterfinals. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, crazy, it's, like. it's really interesting because like if if at the start of the season you can see your group you can see the three teams you'll be competing against and you know it's yeah you know two of you are going out you can really get yourself up for that whereas if you look at a pool of what is it two pools of eight it's no actually the challenge eight. cup was like a pool of eight and a pool of seven or something yeah, yeah because it was like well, that makes a mockery of it. It's like everybody from one pool goes through. You know, you you basically have to lose every game. Not to yeah, like, it just like the nostalgia of the old European Cups, yes. the formats. You know, the, the it was it was. I know they had to change it because of COVID and stuff like that. But COVID's gone now. Yeah, Let, let's put it back. Yeah. Let's, let's let's have 100%. that old school, you know, European Cup that 
is actually worth winning again. And, and I think that's what we all fell in love with, was that old yeah. school European dust-up. Yeah. And we all look, looked forward with, like, you know, I remember yeah, we, we're going to watch the Warriors. You talk to and, and your best third place, because mm. like, it's, it's something to play for every week. Now, there's, there's, dead, like, there's dead rubbers. It's just, there's no need. Mm. Like, look, look at Gloucester. They sent out an academy side to Leinster, because they knew they were going to lose. Yeah. Yeah, and like, but they knew they could still get through. It's it's like as, as somebody who's actually quite interested in who we are going to be playing during the season because I got a season ticket. Like, the, the, it's quite a hard format to follow as well because yeah. you know you're in a pool with seven other teams, but you'll play two of them. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, batch it. Anyway, um, yeah. So for Cardiff Ospreys, my my head, I actually don't know. Like, head is calling it a nil nil draw. My heart got to be Cardiff. Uh, how, about, how about you, Reese? Where are you going on this one? I'm really torn. I yeah. I've got nothing. Like my head and my heart. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> you you really are gonna leave after the Scarlet Dragons game? Like, you're um, a mad dog after the game. <laughs> I think I've been to see too many Cardiff games recently, so I think I'm gonna. Yeah. Yeah. I think I want Cardiff to get that point. Okay, okay. Um, I, actually, I tell you, that's what my head is saying. My head is saying Ospreys will win, but not by enough that they'll overtake us, and we'll win the hubcap <laughs> on the back of a loss. That's Cardiff through and through. That would be the most Cardiff way to end this season. How about you, Biz? Uh, for me, head Cardiff and uh, heart Cardiff. <sighs> Oh, as long as Ospreys lose, I honestly couldn't care less. I, I'm sitting next to Biz on the weekend. <laughs> as long and, uh, as Ospreys lose, I couldn't care less. How about you, Mikey? As a, as a plastic Osprey, what's... Uh, oh, my what's head, my heart, and my soul is as black as a prawn's eye. <laughs> incredible. Right. I think that's the end of Judgment Day, unless there was anything else anybody wanted to add there. Just, just oh, a little, yeah. just a little thing on that. Um, on, on, on busy's, busy's uh, desire for the Blues to win that old uh, pest from the <laughs> sorry <clears throat> Cardiff. That, uh, that, 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 that West Wales aggression does run deep in you, doesn't it, Liam? Indeed, it does, Paul. Indeed, it is. Excellent. Right, Dan. That brings us on to Forbidden Loves of the Week. Sounds like you got a few, so um, I'll start with one of mine and. It's a forbidden love that only exists in a certain time and space. And this week, it was a Leinster win. And let me tell you why. Wow. <laughs> because <laughs> Leinster did us a bit of a favour by... Um, I can't remember actually who they beat now because, like I said, certain time and space. But by beating whoever they beat, they just put less pressure on Cardiff to make it you know, into the URC playoffs. But all of that evaporated then when Cardiff shot the bed in Connaught. So, you know, but for a moment, I loved it. I loved Leinster winning. Uh, why, why do, Mikey, you said you've got one? Yeah. Uh, things you love to see. Scarlet's been done over by a TMO decision. <laughs> it was a try. Please. It was a try. But the TMO bit the big rubber stamp out and said, denied. Unlucky. <laughs> You want, you want to come back on that one, Biz? Or? Yeah, my uh, my forbidden loves are Os- Osprey's getting the hiding at the hands of Edinburgh, and and to top that off, the few weeks before they had the proverbial handed to them by Saracens, where in the process I won myself 
four cans of Guinness, which were <laughs> duly dropped off in the week uh, by none other than Michael Harris. Was it really, Mikey? It was. It was. I tell you, all right, this is a story from another pod, but he's been gagging to have something out of me since he lost a 16-pinter over a Scarlet's <sighs> Ospreys game. We'll come on to that another day. That was the best win yeah. of my life. I've won a few games in rugby in my time, but that win in that bet was the best of my of my days. We'll, again, we'll come on to that another day. Incredible. How about you, RDT? Well, drop goals, interception tries, all of that sort of stuff has already been covered. The one thing I will say, semi-rugby mm-hmm. related, I really do love the jingle for this program. <laughs> ah, that's a good one. I like that. Thank you very much, Reese. Yeah. And I, I think it is forbidden as well, because it, it can also be quite annoying as well. <laughs> like you, you might find yourself whispering yeah. it or something. Uh, whispering, whistling it. I, I did actually have another one this weekend. It was the um, the URC fixture list. Like You're not supposed to love it, but the um, the simultaneous games, you know, it did bring a lot of excitement to the Ospreys-Cardiff sort of battle for the Welsh Shield, um, which you wouldn't have had if they were sort of played one after the other. So, yeah, I guess I love the URC's fixture list this week, which is <laughs> horrible to say. I think truly forbidden. All right, I think that's everything, boys. Um, unless anyone's... Uh, Mikey, did you have another shout-out you wanted to do this week? Oh, uh, yeah, um, two shout-outs. Go on. Uh, first off, uh, congratulations to... Uh, a bit of, bit of a Nelson theme here. Congratulations to Brian King for coming off the bench for the women's Dance team rate. on uh, yes. the weekend and winning the first cap. Congratulations there. And also to um, Alfie Coombs for being uh, selected for the Dragons game of late against, um, I believe it was... Oh, Teddy. Okay. Lovely stuff. Awesome. Well, um, a huge thank you to Biz and Reese for coming on and uh, sharing their impartiality uh, ahead of Judgment Day. Looking forward to, well, you two will be meeting for the first time on you recently. Yeah, I'll be there. On, uh, yeah. On Saturday. Excellent. So, yeah, that'll be great. Um, yeah, so thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, share it, tell your friends, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Tara. Cheers.